Welcome to A Voice of Reason with your host, Kathy Horton and Sherry Petro-Serdell. We are offered new opportunities for growth daily. And with new opportunities, challenges are presented. Together, we can address the challenges and explore these opportunities. Now, here's Kathy Horton with Sherry Petro-Serdell. Welcome to A Voice of Reason. This is Kathy Horton, and I am with Sherry Petro-Serdell. Well, the holiday season is upon us. And for many of us, this means our stress level increases. You know, it truly can be the season of burnout for many. Today, we're going to share some helpful tools to alleviate stress, providing you support to burn brightly throughout this season and with all the stress you encounter. So Sherry, would you give us some background about this thing called burnout? Hmm. Well, burnout, the actual name burnout, became coined in the 1970s, but I'm fairly sure that that was not a new phenomenon. Being stressed to the point of running out of not only physical energy, but also passion for life, there has probably been going on since the human condition began. Hmm. But that's when it got its official title in the 70s. The scientific definition of burnout sounds like this. A condition that develops when one has been exposed to excessive or prolonged periods of stress, creating exhaustion, diminished interest, and problems related to managing life successfully. So that's the scientific definition. My not-so-scientific definition is that when things that have brought us pleasure no longer do that for us, You know, when life seems like an endless check-it-off list rather than a joy list, and we are in a world that is promoting burnout all the time, not joyless. George Bernard Shaw spoke of the joy of life this way. This is true joy. Life is no brief candle. It's a sort of splendid torch which we get to hold on to for the moment And then we want to make it burn as brightly as possible before we hand it to future generations. Now that's the foundation of my joy list. We are either a burning torch or we're a burnt out match. So Kathy, I'm wondering, what's your definition of burnout? Well, you know, I'm going to stick with the candle theme because the very first thing I think of is burning the candle at both ends. Oh, yeah. And, you know, to me, that just means living at a very hectic pace. I think of working late into the evening only to begin again early the next day. Hey, do you know the original term, burning the candle at both ends, meant reckless waste? I did not know that. <laughs> I, I find that it makes pretty sense. Yeah. Okay. And, and truly what it was referring to is literally lighting two ends of the candle and therefore having it burn out at, in half the time. You know, to me, burnout is really just referring to an unsustainable, unenjoyed way of living life. Mm-hmm. We need to remember to be present in our lives each and every day. I've always have a checklist going, and, you know, sadly, sometimes it can be more than one. <laughs> so I know I'm going to be very present today, and I'm going to be listening intently. So with that, with this said, um, Cherry, can you help us understand how to know when we have crossed over from being very busy into burnout. Mm. Well, remember there is stressed out and there is burned out. So let's first address burnout. The diagnosis of burnout from the Western medicine, the Western world, and social research can be found in uh, what's called the Maslow Burnout Inventory. And it measures burnout by asking a series of questions that determine mental and physical exhaustion, cynicism, and inefficiency. So exhaustion on this scale is measured by one's level of energy. Now cynicism is measured by one's negativity and pessimism. Also one's ability or level to trust. And inefficiency is measured by the level of focus, whether you can um, focus on things, the competency and the quality of your work and your life. 
So that is how it is um, um, divided from stressed out to burnout. You know, that I find that all really interesting. Um, certainly when we talk about um, inefficiencies, when we talk about exhaustion, that makes sense to me. But I can't say I ever thought about cynicism and negativity as it relates to burnout. So can you share with us some of the symptoms of burnout? Well, there are a few of the symptoms that are considered present when one is in the burnout syndrome. One is a a compulsive need to prove oneself. Now, some of us are in that mode all the time, but in burnout, it becomes excessive. Neglecting one's needs. And there's something called compassion fatigue, and that's when people that are normally pretty compassionate and empathic find themselves lacking empathy and compassion for others. Not their normal. Depersonalization is another one, and that's living robotically. Hmm. Displacement of conflict. That's when one begins to blame others for their stress and unhappiness. Uh-oh. And there, then there, here is that cynicism. It's coming up again. That cynicism, when you start to not trust others and you're pessimistic, then there's the revision of one's values that were once important, no longer have the same meaning. They lose their worth to you. And then there's withdrawal, the social isolation. There are also behavior changes like sleeping and exercising and eating patterns that will shift if you are moving into the burnout syndrome. And then there is this overwhelmed much of the time. When you find yourself saying to yourself, I'm overwhelmed, I'm so overwhelmed, pay attention. And then, of course, the natural is the lack of energy. Well, Right now, it's certainly apparent to me who has the psychology degree, and it's not me. Because, <laughs> you know, and, and the main reason I say that, because a lot of what you provided um, with that information makes me think of somebody with depression. Mm-hmm. And so are there certain personalities that are more likely to suffer from burnout? You know, I've heard in the past that type A people are more likely to burn out. Is is all that true? Um, I think research does um, bode that direction. But because driven people often work too much. And then there's working conditions that fit into that. When there are working conditions that lack supportive relationships, that don't um, offer validation and appreciation, can also be a breeding ground for burnout syndrome as well as the personality style. Earlier, you observed that the symptoms of burnout seem like depression. That's what you're saying to me now. Mm -hmm. I do wonder how many people who are being treated for depression might really be suffering from burnout. Hmm. Your question to me also makes me wonder, how many people have um, been exposed to excessive or prolonged periods of stress to the point that they're being treated for depression when it's really burnout? Then my mind keeps going. I wonder how many people have been demoted or lost their jobs because they were told they weren't um, competent or they were too old, but maybe it was just because of burnout. Or how many relationships ended, not so much because of an incompatibility or a love of loss of love, but because of burnout. How many unwise decisions may have been made because of burnout. So you bringing up that depression connection, sometimes I'm too much in the world of psychology. You gave me an insight on that, and it's something to think about. Well, you know, what I'm really hearing here is that um, people who are driven rank high on susceptibility for burnout. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe I have quite a bit of drive in my personality. I believe you do too. (laughs) Um, You know, and my previous jobs played a big role to reinforce this drive. You know, not only do I believe I would have been, um, I wouldn't have been as successful in many of the positions I held, but I could actually say that I was also rewarded for my tendency towards being a workaholic. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, I'm suspecting that working conditions play a role in creating burnout. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yes, and prolonged states of stress exposure only add to that. Hmm. So, if I'm understanding all of this, burnout happens as a result of stress. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yep. Prolonged. Remember, prolonged states of it. Hmm. So if that's the case, then what can we do about the stress in our lives? You know, stress is a natural part of living, isn't it? It is. (laughs) Stress is a part of life and the human condition. You know what? And even the good things in life get stress points. So there's this um, amazing stress scale inventory. It's called the Holmes Ray Stress Inventory. And you can take it online if you want to check your stress levels given your life at this time and just see how close you may be to burnout. But, But what I want to bring up is that we have points that are given to us in life events. And these points, according to this scale, both positive and not so positive tally up our, our stress inventory. So hmm. let's say you have 150 or less points on the scale. It means a low susceptibility to stress-induced health breakdowns or burnout. Now, if you have 150 to 300, that increases 50% chance within the next two years that you are going to have a stress-related illness um, or burnout. And then Mm. we get to the 300 points or more. This raises your odds to about 80%. Think of that. 80% odds that you're going to have a health breakdown or suffer, suffer burnout. Now, I bring this up to encourage you to check it out because these scales give stress points to positive events in your life as well as negative. So just say, for example, a vacation gets 13 stress points. You think of vacation, think Hmm. what you have to go through in planning for that vacation, all the stressful things to get there, to lie on the beach, and then returning all the adjustments you have to make to return. And a major holiday gets 12 stress points, and we're right in the middle of that. Now, this is an interesting one. An outstanding personal achievement, achievement such as a promotion or graduation, something like that, gets 28 stress points. Hmm. So right now, I've listed good things, things that we are excited about that we call happy moments, joy moments, and it tallies up to 53 stress points. So you can see even good events can create stress in our life. Wow. I find that all very fascinating. You know, it seems a bit crazy to me that some of the most exciting and positive moments create such such stress in, in our lives. I know. You know, but it certainly makes sense. It presents a new perspective for me. I can't help but wonder what effects all of this has on our health. Can you help us understand that? You know, um, I believe, and so do many others, that it's probably one of the major causes of illness is stress that moves into borderline burnout or burnout. Because our body produces stress hormones, cortisol, norepinephrine, which are then released into our endocrine system. When this happens, a number of physical symptoms can and will appear. Our immune system slows down. That's why we get colds and flu, flu, particularly during the holiday season or right before a vacation or right after a vacation. There's weight gain, particularly around our middle, uh, increased glucose, that's blood sugar rises, decreased um, testosterone levels in males, increased menstrual cycles and decreased desire in women. And then there's also something called adrenal fatigue. And these are just a few of the physical symptoms. We live in and under such fearful, stressful conditions. These are what I call choice-related stress. Hmm. Most of us, most, uh, most, of us have more than enough stress in our life, in our personal lives. And then we add the constant bombarding from media and technology and the current events. 
We are exposed to overload every day. If we are to thrive and survive in this environment, I believe we have to reduce the stress in the ways we can. There are some that we can't, but there are choice-related stresses that we can maybe learn to manage better. I believe that we are operating in a state of collected and uncollected consciousness of fear and stress almost every moment of our lives. This is threatening our well-being, both physically, mentally, and spiritually. Now, Kathy, I know that you operated in that high-strung stress level job for years. Does what I'm talking resonate with you? Well, sadly, I have to say yes. Now, I was one of those business travelers that spent many years traveling as part of my job. Shoot, I worked... um, I worked many years traveling across the United States and about 10 years traveling the world. Wow. I'm very, very grateful for all the opportunities my work presented. So certainly I don't want anything to that I say to sound as if it's a complaint because it certainly isn't. But um, with that said, you know, I traveled through multiple time zones I had many weeks where I was in three or more cities in one week. Hmm. I often tried to do way too much, both at work and at home. I spent many more nights at hotels than I did at home in a year. And I often had a strong desire to just sleep in my own bed. Mm -hmm. There were a heck of a lot of rewards that uh, came with the work that I did. But there was also an unhealthiness with the pace that I kept. Well, I knew you in those days, and I really did not, I didn't, I didn't know how you functioned so well. <laughs> Sometimes I did question the functioning, <laughs> but you stayed pretty darn healthy, so that's pretty amazing. And thanks for sharing that, because in my opinion, a real live testimony is often better than all the research in the world. You know, for me personally, I can reach stress points quickly because I am so passionate about many things. My love and enthusiasm for them can drive me. I can become so driven with my own passions that they create create such an excessive amount of stress points. I also have found that I can just keep adding things to my plate without ever taking anything off. I wonder if some of you are not familiar with that. Hmm. And then all those things I love. There's so many. But remember, good things mount up stress points too. Sometimes I think I I live really on the brink of burnout all the time. That's why I can talk about it. And I call this choice-induced stress. (laughs) So, Sherry, I know that you care for so many and so many rely on your expertise Because you always come from and bring your heart into all you do, I can see how the stress could mount up for you. You Now, it's time for a short break. I encourage you to click on a voice of reason in the show links section. Check out Sherry's book and our blog, and we will see you on the other side of the break. Stay with us to hear more about this choice-induced stress. You are listening to A Voice of Reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Life carries many uncertainties. Just when we think we may know where we are headed or think we have what we need, life happens and we are redirected. Join host Trina Wines each week for Life Happens, Let's Talk. By hearing stories from people just like you, as well as guest experts who can help, you'll arrive at your own understanding of the role you play in creating the outcome of your life. Listen live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to A Voice of Reason. To reach the show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd prefer to connect via email, our address is info at avoiceofreasonbook.com. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back to A Voice of Reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So Sherry, can you please share with us this thing that you're calling choice-induced stress? Well, there's so many stressors that we really can't do much about. But there are those choice-related stressors, and they are the choices we make to add more stress to our life. It often comes when we don't say the magic word, no. (laughs) Such as me adding things to my already full plate, my full life, without taking anything away to make room for the newest passion and project that I have. You mean like uh, adding a radio show when you already have a full-time job? <laughs> yeah, I think it's like that. It's not It's not easy for many of us with um, lots of desires, and, and we want to help people to say no, particularly those that are overachievers. Hmm. Well, I'll point out that, you know, you've helped me to be much more clear with my intentions. So I'm better at saying no when I mean no, but I still understand that this clear communication is sometimes very difficult. So talk to me more about just saying no. You know, when when we love so many things and there is joy in doing them, what would make you even want to say no? Exactly. I mean, the payoff is uh, great to go ahead and do it. We get to do things we enjoy. What would make us want to say no to lunch with a friend or an opportunity to volunteer, a dinner party, or a radio show? (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that would cause us to say no to the things that we like and love is our understanding of the importance of self-care. When we feel ourselves getting irritable and anxious or experiencing physical symptoms, losing that joy on the joy list in what we're doing, know it's time to say no. And there's another no that we need to learn too. It's the no to the things we say yes to that we don't really even want to do or even like to do. Often we do things we don't want to do because we're afraid. Afraid of what? Afraid of being thought of negatively, afraid of getting criticized, or just because it's expected of us and we don't want to cause people to not be able to rely on us. Mm. Both knows those things you love and those things you don't adds points to the choice-related stress. And often the inability to say no is one of my largest stressors. You know, when I see coaching clients uh, come in, no matter what they're bringing in, we it always requires a review on boundaries. So, you know, what I'm hearing is that it's really important to be clear with our intentions. And it's also important to have good prioritization of what we have have our hands in. Now, we need to be able to face our own fears. We need to watch our expectations for ourselves and for others. And we should not be concerned about what others are thinking. This certainly gives us a lot to think about. Sounds good, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. (laughs) On paper, it sounds real good. (laughs) Well, you know, I've heard you speak about stress-induced stress. 
Is this the same as choice-related stress? Well, it's very similar, but there is a slight difference. So choice-induced stress is the choice we make to add things onto our plate. I want you also right now to think about this, that calm is also a choice. Stress-induced stress is when we are already in the midst of an extremely stressful situation, and then we increase the stress with our thought process. So one, we made the choice. The other one, we're in it and we think stress. So I want to give you two scenarios to explain this. First scenario is you're on your way to a job interview. You've left in plenty of time. This is the job you've always wanted. And this is your big chance. Now on the way to the interview, you're involved in a fender bender. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. No one is hurt. But it's still stressful to get in any accident and then add to it that you have this important job interview that you're going on. You start creating thoughts such as, oh, wait a minute, let me tell you something. We do create our thoughts. There's no one inside us saying, (laughs) let's think this now. Well, except maybe that fearful two-year-old monkey that I've talked to you about. But maybe we start with the thought, why does this always happen to me? Oh, then we go to, oh my gosh, my premiums are going to go up. I can't afford this. What about my job interview? Why didn't I go the other way? No, wait. You know, it wasn't me. It was that ignorant person that hit me. You're thinking all of that and on and on and on. Remember the monkey mind? When you're playing in the monkey mind, monkeys play with their crap. And when they get tired of playing with their own crap, they throw it at someone else. And that's just what's happening. These thoughts only add stress points to an already extremely stressful situation. Now, let's go back to the scene. Everything has been taken care of. You have reached the person who was going to be interviewing you. You, They were understanding and they've rescheduled you for tomorrow. And all is well. Or is it? You're now home, safely, sitting on your couch. Do you relax? Oh, no. You go back to the questions of, why did this happen to me? It always happens to me. And then, I just can't get a break. Maybe everything that happens is my fault, or it's somebody else's fault. On and on and on. Hmm. Now it's time to go to bed. And you toss and you turn and you don't really get a good night's rest which quite possibly will impact your interview tomorrow. This is stress-induced stress. Then it turns into choice-related stress because of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Now let's play this scene again, but differently. Same storyline, fender bender, job interview, yet in this case, you choose to handle it differently. First, you express gratitude. No one was hurt. And it's really minimal damage. And then you express gratitude that you have insurance coverage. Premiums could go up, but the out-of-pocket expenses that I would have to experience if I had no insurance will will probably be much higher. You get your interview rescheduled, your home safe, and as you're sitting on the couch, you reflect on the events of the day. And you are filled with gratitude. And guess what? You sleep well. And this is reflected in your interview process the next day. You know, the difference between these two scenes and scenarios is the difference between not adding stress to an already stressful situation or choosing to do it. Some may say, I just can't control my thoughts. Well, you know what? I hear that all the time. I even tell that to myself. But if I can't control my thoughts and change my thoughts, then who can? Wow, that is all very, very helpful information. And I certainly know when those negative thoughts start coming, they do uh, often end up in rapid fire. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's great to uh, remember. Monkey's going from limb to limb. <laughs> yep, to choose, choose a different path. You know, so what I'm hearing is that we all encounter stress, but we ought to, what we ought to be cognizant of is the stress that we add to already stressful situations. Yes, that we have some say-so about. Yeah, so we need to not let those monkey minds add stress. 
we can choose to be calm and find something that's uh, in our lives to express gratitude about. Yes. So can you give us some more helpful hints that can help us in managing our stress levels? Yes, I want to go a little bit to the neuroscience field right now. Loretta Bruning is the author of Your Neurochemical Self. She also wrote a book called The Science of Positivity, Stop Negative Thought Patterns by Changing Your Brain Chemistry. So she makes an interesting point from a neuroscience perspective that when we think differently, we change the chemistry in our brain. She says one of the differences between us and the animals animals is that we don't we think there's something wrong with us or with the world and the animals don't think there's anything wrong with the world or them despite all the challenges they have in life they have many of the same they've got to survive they've got to find food they have to take care of their young but you you don't hear an animal going around saying what's wrong with this world this is unfair Why they don't is they don't have expectations that the world should treat them fairly. We can learn a few things from the animals about stress. Humans have one kind of stress that animals don't have. It is the awareness of our own mortality. Ever thought about that? Animals Hmm. don't think about death. Because of this, because we do and because our brains react as if everything is a clear and present danger to our mortality, that's where that fight, flight, and freeze phenomena comes in. And that part of the human condition, if we're thinking that everything is going to threaten our mortality, will create stress. Because of that aspect of the human condition, we tend to be more reactive more reactive, the more reactive we are, the more stress you can expect to happen. Managing our expectations is a huge part of stress management. I'm going to talk about expectations a little bit later when it comes to the holidays. Accepting stress is always going to be a part of life. It's natural. But we can have some control over our reactions. This will truly help us from having burnout syndrome. All right, so let me just take a moment to summarize what I've heard so far. So stress is always going to be part of our life, but burnout can be avoided most of the time. Yes. To do so, we need to be clear about our life purpose and our intentions. Good one. Yeah, we need to be objective in choosing what is really important to us. We should learn to say no without guilt or fear if we mean no. We should not cater to the demands of others when it does not serve our highest good. We should say yes to the things and people that support our purpose and our passion, our passions. Don't procrastinate, and when need, need be, renegotiate commitments. Acknowledge our own humanity. We need to know that we cannot do everything and be everywhere. And if we try to do so, we are going to do both ourselves and the people around us a disservice. Yeah, that that's so true. And it sounds like a long list, but I suggest if you just take one of them and work on that, it's going to help a lot. Wow, that's great. So can you give us some de-stressor practices that can help us not only through this holiday season, but through life in general? Well, you know, I am a big fan of mindful meditation. Well, let me just uh, do a little plug for our audience that because I know you have a great meditation CD and Mm -hmm. that is recorded with a very talented musician that plays the Native American flute. Yeah. So I highly recommend this CD as a de-stressor. So a great, and it's also a great way to jumpstart your mindful meditation practice. You can download it track by track or the full CD via the link on avoiceofreason.net. Just go to the CD page and click on download. Um, And you can check out and preview any of the tracks. Well, you're right. The CD is a very good start um, for beginners and for those that are seasoned meditators. Many think 
I have no time to meditate. I hmm. hear that so much when I teach workshops and teach the classes. My schedule is already way too busy, way too full. How can I add anything else to it? Well, from the words of Gandhi, he said this, I am so busy today, I will have to meditate an extra hour. Humorous but true. Just as some people can take a time out with one of their power naps, and it actually helps them get things done. I'm not one of them, but there are people that can do that. I say the same thing can happen in meditation. I teach one-minute meditations. Then there's no excuses. Everyone Hmm. has a minute. These meditations you can do anywhere, anytime. And for me, they're the equivalent of the power nap for meditation. So uh, just to let folks know, I posted the six one-minute meditations on our blog this morning. Um, You just need to go to the blog page at avoiceofreason.net. And I also posted links to the stress point inventory so you can easily find out where you fall on the stress scale. You're so cool. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Well, there are numerous of studies, numerous studies that have shown the power of meditation in dealing with stress. We also know that walking is a good stress reliever. When you combine the two, you can reduce stress levels and anxiety significantly. A recent study published in the American Journal of Health Promotion examined the effects of meditation when combined with a brief 10-minute walk. The study results shows that doing meditation before, after, or during exercise can help reduce anxiety and stress levels more than just exercise alone. I don't know, maybe I'm doing multitasking here when I talk about this, but it's an idea. So Kathy, I know you exercise pretty much every day, and I know you also have become a meditator. Have you noticed there's any correlation between the two? You know, I have to say, I really never thought of the connection, but now hearing it, it makes a lot of sense to me. You know, both of the best workouts and the best meditations for me are when your mind is clear of the chatter, that chatter of what went well or not well, what is outstanding on your to-do list, you know, really anything that takes you out of the present moment and takes you away from focusing on the task at hand. Now, for combining the activities, I've done many walking meditations, and Mm -hmm. I've also walked a labyrinth in meditation. That is so cool. Yeah. And so I find all of this information helpful. So, Sherry, what I'm hearing is that one of the methods or practices for releasing and managing stress is meditation. Can you please... Please share some more. Please, please share (laughs) some more ideas for stress relief. Well, the one that works so very well that I mentioned in the Fender Bender story is gratitude. Mm -hmm. Practicing gratitude. You know, brain research seems to show that gratitude and anxiety cannot operate at the same time in our thought process. So keep a gratitude journal. Write notes of gratitude to people. Remember Anne Frank's words that I try to live by? There is always something to be grateful for. Another practice in managing stress is to hang out with uplifting, positive people. A study showed that we will become the average of the five people we hang with. Think about that. So pick your friends wisely. And when we notice that cynicism and pessimism are part of the burnout um, syndrome is don't hang with people that are so cynical or pessimistic. The other thing is engage in activities that bring you peace, serenity, a sense of calm assurance that all will be well if it isn't right now. That can come from reading, artistic endeavors, being outdoors, time with our pets, which is so relieving of stress, music. Become aware of events and situations that cause you stress, such as watching too much news, spending too much time on social media and technology. Keep your thought patterns in check. Where are you slipping into negative places? Replace every negative thought with five positive to balance it out. 
Avoid using alcohol and food as quick fixes. Don't medicate or numb yourself. I often say, meditate, don't medicate. A really favorite of mine is laughter. Humor is such a good way to manage stress. It can reframe difficult, stressful situations. Right now, I have an itch in my ear, and I have these great big earmuffs <laughs> that help us with our sound. And I and this is stressful because I can't stretch scratch my ear. So I'm laughing about it. I'm sharing with it. It's funny. Studies have shown that patients who must live with chronic pain can lower their pain level and psychological stress with humor. Numerous studies and research proves that this hypothesis out. Humor benefits people experiencing stress and physical pain, but only if the humor does not demean yourself or someone else. Hmm. Well, it's time for a short break. Stay with us to hear how to manage holiday stress. You are listening to A Voice of Reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to A Voice of Reason. To reach the show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd prefer to connect via email, our address is info at avoiceofreasonbook.com. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back to A Voice of Reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So Sherry, can you share some tips for managing the additional stress we often feel around the holidays? Yes, we are already operating on full plate syndrome and add the holiday expectations. We are prime candidates for overload. Now, I mentioned earlier about this word expectations, that that creates so much stress in our life. And surely there are more expectations than we can handle sometimes with our families and the perfect gift and the financial stress and all that goes with it. People expecting so much of us and we expect so much of ourselves. You know, we've been playing this Christmas past play in our lives for a long time. We have a script and it's familiar. Aunt Millie expects this of me. My mom will only be happy if I do this. And the script goes on and on. And we try to play it every year. And we expect that if we don't, we're going to be disappointing someone or ourselves. And the director of this show, whoever it may be, ourself or the family, doesn't want to be disappointed. 
So Mm -hmm. our expectations play a big role. The roles that we play in our family are pretty much cemented in of Christmas past. And so then, this is when I say, unless you take your own personal inventory, you start taking care of yourself, maybe you go to life coaching, or you have something change in your life that says, I want my script to change, it'll continue. So I'm, I'm inviting all of you to sit down and think about how, what is your expectation, not somebody else's for the holidays. Ah, what a great challenge for all of us. So, you know, what I'm hearing you say, Sherry, is that much of our holiday stress actually comes from the roles we've played in Christmas's past. Yes. So I also heard the word expectation, and often it seems that this is something we have a lot of, and I am getting that that's not such a good thing. Well, they're good expectations, you know, the ones that motivate us and help us achieve goals. Um, But there are also the expectations that are harsh taskmasters, forcing us to participate or continue in roles, even when they really don't work anymore. The American Psychiatric Association has stated that one of the major stresses of the holidays is trying to meet high expectations, which are often unrealistic, and they come from others but they also come for ourselves. When we try to create the idea of the perfect holiday, we're going to be disappointed. I suggest you create a mindset that the holidays will be perfectly imperfect. Even create laughable scenes in your head at some of the more stressful, perfect moments that you envision. See the whole holidays as a comedy and not a Norman Rockwell painting. (laughs) Remember, laughter can make all the difference in the world. Are you realistic about the things that you're expecting? Hmm. You know, I think it's uh, oftentimes a bit difficult to be realistic. You know, we're we're exposed to all this media that tells us there's the perfect gift. <laughs> it shows us the image of the perfect family. And of course, I can't leave out the thought that there is the perfect relationship. Mm-hmm. Shoot, I can see how people can get de- depressed during the holidays, particularly the perfectionist personality types. I can too, and I have played that role many times. You know, there's actually a term called holiday depression syndrome. I think there's a term for everything in the world of psychology. But anyways, the holiday depression syndrome comes when there's so many unrealistic expectations and financial pressures, excessive commitments, and then you add to that unhealthy eating and drinking indulgences. It makes sense that we all are exposed to a seasonal type of depression at a time when it's supposed to be joy-filled. Hmm. And what about those after-holiday blues? Yeah, it doesn't just end with the holidays. There are those, and they come with sheer exhaustion. I believe if we follow some of the hints that have been given on our show, it could be avoided. I realize that this show is airing today, December 22nd. Most of us have already been exposed to all the stress factors, except for the actual Christmas Eve and Christmas Day festivities. Yet I encourage you to put them into practice right now. This is what I'm going to encourage you to do. Sit down, write a new script for the days that follow. Hang some gratitude notes in key places, such as your bathroom mirror. First thing when you wake up, last thing when you brush your teeth. Put them on your car dash as you're dashing around. Call or spend a bit extra time with a very positive person in your life. Take some time and be still. Listen to some music, meditation. Don't forget to practice deep, slow breaths. And look for the humor in every situation, every stressful situation has something funny about it. If you have a good faith tradition, now is a good time to practice the principles of your faith. Now let me just take a moment to mentally connect with the message of the holiday season with you. This is a season that we see and hear the words joy and peace and goodwill more than any other time of the year. 
we are reminded that miracles can still exist from angels to Santa, from the dark of night to the twinkling lights, from bells ringing and red kettles of opportunities to help our fellow humans to the smell of cookies baking, from the excitement of children and a hope for their young lives to be filled with good things. Peace on earth is blowing in the winds of our hearts and is whispered in the prayer services on Christmas Eve. Candlelight vigils, songs of hope, songs that remind us miracles do happen. The birth of possibilities still burn brightly in our hearts. Please think on these things. We hear it a voice of reason. Do wish you a blessed Christmas filled with joy. So my quick summary is to remember to take time to express gratitude. Hang with uplifting, positive people. Remember, if somebody feels, if it, or if it feels like somebody's pulling you down, they probably are. <laughs> Engage in peaceful activities. Understand what causes you stress so you can better avoid and or manage it. Keep those thought patterns in check. Replace negative thoughts and words with positive. There's a five to one ratio just to keep things neutral in our brain. So for every one um, negative thought or word, we need five positive to create balance. Meditate, don't medicate, and add humor to your life. I want to add something, just as you were talking, if that's okay, do I have a moment Mm -hmm. to do that? Is that the holiday season also is a time when we remember Christmas past with people that we have lost, loved ones that have passed on. Mm -hmm. And it would be a great time to have a ritual, to light a candle, to say a prayer of gratitude for those that have had some wonderful experience that in your life that has become part of your holiday memories. Sometimes we avoid something that seems to stress us out or that makes us sad, but I'm going to ask us to um, relieve or put salve on the sadness of lost loved ones by honoring them. So I just felt I needed to add that. What a great ritual. Well, We hope in this hour we've piqued your interest in taking a look at your stress level scale and the benefits of meditation. Tune in next week as we take a look at why New Year's resolutions don't work. We all need to look at this, (laughs) don't we? It's the season. But I just want to let you know, we're going to also cover what does work for making the changes you desire. Mm -hmm. So always remember you are here on purpose for purpose. Thank you very much for listening in. Happy and safe holidays to you all. And remember to send us your thoughts as every discussion improves with more perspective. We look forward to hearing yours. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Thank you for tuning in this week to A Voice of Reason. Please join your host, Kathy Horton and Sherry Petro-Serdell for another edition next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have a terrific week.